Hello, this is John Martin welcoming you to our Search for Truth programme, which is 15 minutes of hymn singing and Bible ministry with our Bible teacher, Brian Johnston. Brian's reached the end of his series of talks on the journeys of the ark today, and we follow the ark into its final resting place in the house which Solomon built and for which David, his father, prepared so abundantly. Brian leads us into the New Testament too, of course, and to God's spiritual house today, comprised of disciples of the Lord Jesus. Living stones is the way the Apostle Peter describes them, built together in relation to Christ, the chief cornerstone, built up a spiritual house. So let's enjoy a hymn which speaks about this very thing, and then Brian will speak to us. This house for God to dwell in, of ransomed saints is built, who by the great atonement are purged and free from guilt. Last time we were considering David's ill-fated first attempt to bring the Ark of the Covenant up to Jerusalem. David records for us in Psalm 132 that he'd found it in the field of the wood, which seems to be a reference to Kiriath-Jerim. David was genuinely troubled that God should now be the last pilgrim in the land. After all, he and all the people had their houses, but God's Ark was still in a tent. After seeing blessing in the house of Obed-Edom, where the ark had lain for three months since that first attempt, David again attempted to bring the ark to him at Jerusalem. This time he was successful because he was careful to do everything in accordance with God's word. So the ark was brought into a tent at Jerusalem, while the other tabernacle articles were still to be found at Gibeon. The tabernacle itself seemed to move from Shiloh to Nob and then to Gibeon and finally to Jerusalem. Unlike Saul, David was giving God his rightful place. He wouldn't reign without him. It's worth pausing to consider our own experience, isn't it? What's our experience of reigning in life through Christ, as Romans 5 and 17 speaks of it? Or rather, does sin reign in our mortal bodies, despite the warning given against that in the next chapter in Romans chapter 6? At the most practical level of our lives, what governs our decisions? Is it God or money or some other thing? We can't reign in life without him. Let's be like David and give the Lord his rightful place in our lives. Now that's exactly the thought in the hymn we'll now listen to. Take, Lord, thy rightful place within, and 
Pilate was David who longed to build God a house, being disappointed that he still only had a tent. Yet it was David's son, Solomon, whom God said would build his temple at Jerusalem. After Solomon had completed the project, taking seven years to do it, 1 Kings 8 and 6 tells us that once again on this special occasion, it was the priests who brought the ark into the temple. But before he died, David, although not allowed to build the house since he'd been a man of war, was nevertheless given the plan of how it was to be built and also shown the site God had chosen. In a most miraculous way, the site for the permanent house for the ark, the temple for God to dwell in, was revealed by God to David as being the area of a threshing floor belonging to a man called Ornan. Threshing floors are an important study in the Bible, symbolising the twin processes of separation and gathering. God has a lot to say to us in his word about those two spiritual processes, both in our personal lives and in our collective service with others. In Matthew chapter 3, John the Baptist foretold of the coming Messiah who would thoroughly cleanse his threshing floor and gather the wheat, the good grain, into his granary or barn. The threshing floor of Bible times was often simply an elevated flat rock where oxen were made to pull heavy wooden implements around over the newly harvested grain as it was strewn on the rocky surface. The result of this was a crude separation of the good grain from the useless chaff. The separation process was fully affected through what was known as winnowing. This was when the grain and chaff mixture was hoisted up into the air using a large kind of fork, sometimes called a fan. The evening breeze then blew away the lighter chaff, leaving the heavier grain to fall down and be left behind on the threshing floor ready to be gathered into the granary for use. At a personal level, this relates to the work of God in our lives, separating good from evil. There's no chaff permitted into his granary. When God gathers, it's as much about quality as about quantity. But here in this context, it has to do with the building of God's house. Is there an equivalent building today? Yes, There is, according to 1 Peter 2 and 5. You also, as living stones, are being built up to be a spiritual house. The New Testament teaches us how the principles of separation and gathering are basic to the thought of God's house. Whenever God's pattern for how he is to be served was threatened by other religions, by different teachings, or by sectarian divisions, in every case, God's will was reinforced. Christians must remain separate from Judaizers, from false teachers, from those who chose their own way and caused divisions. The full gospel isn't purely a matter of sowing and reaping. It's a matter of sowing, reaping, threshing and separating. These are matters we need to give attention to. This is a separation from all that isn't in harmony with God's will revealed in Scripture. A separation from all that's worldly, from unbiblical practices, separated, and then gathered. For the separation is to be accompanied by a gathering of ourselves to the name of the Lord Jesus. This is the Bible picture of churches of God. 
It's one of separated disciples, gathered out from the world and gathered together on the basis of God's pattern for our collective service. All the churches with one teaching, each individual person ministering their gift, and the whole thing as a house for God under a fellowship of elders. The main steps the early Christians went through in putting God's will into effect are summarised in Acts chapter 2, verses 41 and 42. Then those who gladly received his word were baptised, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers. This is about a house for God, we said a moment ago. Let's finally return to that scene of joy and rejoicing when Solomon caused the ark to enter its resting place in the temple he'd newly built for it in Jerusalem. Second Chronicles tells us, So all the work that Solomon had done for the house of the Lord was finished. Then the priests brought in the ark of the covenant of the Lord to its place, into the inner sanctuary of the temple, to the most holy place, under the wings of the cherubim. And it came to pass, when the priests came out of the most holy place, the Levites who were the singers, all those of Asaph and Haman and Jeduthun, with their sons and their brethren, stood at the east end of the altar, clothed in white linen, having cymbals, stringed instruments and harps, and with them one hundred and twenty priests sounding with trumpets. When the trumpeters and singers were as one, they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music and praised the Lord, saying, For he is good, for his mercy endures forever. That the house, the house of the Lord, was filled with a cloud, so that the priests could not continue ministering because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord filled the house of God. It's a marvellous ending to our series, isn't it? with God gloriously taking up residence in his earthly house, amid all the joyful recognition of his people. If you're a Christian, but feel like the ark of God in David's day, that you've not found your home yet within God's house today, do feel free to write to me and ask for further explanation of these important matters. For we're coming now to the end of our journey in which we've been travelling along with the Ark of God. We trust and pray that its lessons, by the help of the Spirit of God, will serve to enrich our spiritual walk, witness and warfare. Thank you for being with us today. I hope you enjoyed the programme and you've been helped by this series if you've been following it. I hope you'll take up Brian's offer too of further help 
with the important subject of God having a spiritual house today and of each of us who love the Lord Jesus having a place in it. Do write in please with any questions or comments and Brian will be pleased to write to you. And now please may I remind you there's a transcript book available of the 12 study talks in this series. If you send for it you'll be able to get more out of the radio talks by reading and studying its contents. It's available online, neither you can get it yourself by downloading a copy from churchesofgod.info forward slash media, or if you're not able to do that and need to request a hard copy book, just write in and ask for the title The Journey of the Ark. You can use email or the post, and here's our address. Search for Truth, Hayes Press, The Barn, Flaxlands, Royal Wooten Bassett, Swindon, SN48DYUK. Our email address is sft at churchesofgod.info. It's been great to enjoy your company again today, and thank you. If you've any questions or suggestions how we might make these programmes more helpful, then please write in and Brian will be pleased to correspond with you. So till we see you next time for a new series, it's goodbye and very best wishes from Bible teacher Brian, our producer David, our singers and me, John. So see you again soon. And in the meantime, we wish you God's richest blessings. Take